before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes. With me, Pete Leinenweber, Jansen Mizrek. Guys, two weeks in a row, it's... It's a great feeling. Might not be able to keep this cadence up for much longer. Definitely won't. Yeah. Won't even pretend yeah. it could I'm just keep gonna up. S- I'm going to enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. Nice to have a streak, though. Do you guys consider two a streak? Yeah. No. Have to in the podcast <laughs> world. <laughs> At least for us. But What's up? When is afternoon considered afternoon, and how many numbers does it take to make a streak? These are the topics mm-hmm. that... Everyone wants to hear from us. No, three's a streak. Yeah. Three's no. a streak. Two is chance. Well, you're, yeah. I mean, you're a big baseball guy, Pete. Like, what would when be considered a, a streak, streak, you know, a winning streak in the MLB, right? Like Three. Three, three, three. right? Yeah. yeah. Two is just a pair. It's just a pair. It's just back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Are you still a baseball fan? I am. Doesn't move too fast for you? No, I love the changes, though. I went to a game on Saturday. You did? It was like two and a half hours. It's great. Wow. Yeah, how was it in person? Did it feel different? Uh, it does a little bit. It was, it's my second one of the year. Um, you kind of look up, and it's like the fifth inning, I feel like. You know, oh. I was both Cubs games. I'm not a Cubs fan, so I wasn't, like, really into the game as much as I would be if I was at, at the Sox game. Um, but, you know, you go get yourself a, a, a hot dog, a beer, go to the restroom, and then you come back, and it's like, whoa. Two innings. Missed five. a whole inning. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's all. Um, Chances are you didn't miss anything though, because it's. Well, no, the offense nothing, is nothing, up. Nothing happens. No, the offense is significantly up this year in baseball across the board mm. with the changes, which I think is good for baseball. It's a small step in the right direction. Yeah, because no shift, right? That's right. Part of it, and oh. just like it, less time for the pitcher to waste. You know, True. in between yeah. th- in between pitches. At any point during either game you went to, did you shout out "Good eye"? Uh, no. no, I can't say that I did. <laughs> right. Just wondering. One of my I don't think I would ever that do that. Is that a pet peeve of yours, Andy? No, no, it's just good eye, good eye. You know, they say that in baseball a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, my favorite one is wait for your pitch. Oh, you your just pitch. wait for yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, now they can't because there's a clock. Or so. good hack. Yeah. Good hack when somebody good misses, hack. A, misses the ball. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Imagine saying that as to there. a golfer, like that whiffed, like good hack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but good eye is just like, you know, it's eyesight, it's... And, yeah, know, it's fine. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but it's just a normal thing that's mm. kind of silly. Um, all right, Pete, you played your first hickory round of golf. I so did. So we needed to have a check-in. Oh, yeah. Um, tell, you probably don't have a hole-by-hole. You know. I do. No, I do. You do? I do. You have a, of course I do. Well, let's get, let's get into it. What a surprise. I, do. I always do. We've got the top. I guess, like, the topic. The topic coming is it's the form of a question, and it's, what is the surest way to ruin your game? <laughs> wow. So, wow, that's a so, right, so let's, let's get the hickory check-in, and then yeah, we'll get on. into the, uh, the main. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so Friday uh, morning, we played at Spring Valley. Andy, myself, Steve, and Rob. Um, I used Peter Donahue's. He gener- generously offered his right-handed hickory clubs for me. Um, so I believe there's four... Four irons, one wedge, a putter, a two wood, and what looks like a five or a six wood. Um, so what is that? Nine clubs, eight clubs. Sure. 
Um, so pretty similar to my normal set, other than the fact that they're made out of wood. Um, overall, the experience was, uh, my wife Kate hates when I say this, but a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10. She thinks I call too many things 10s out of 10. She just thinks you're just- Happy life, happiest yeah. life. You're just I don't mean it. to throw her under the bus. I, I, if I gave her whole side of the- Did you also call it like your sense. wedding day a 10 out of 10? I and did. now you're like, oh, my hickory round of golf No, they both can be a 10 out of 10. Okay. They right. both can. So yeah. it was a great round, great, <laughs> perfect day. I can be <laughs> problematic. Yeah. Uh, only my third round in Illinois of the year. Um, and it was it was great. I mean, it was it took some getting used to how the ball flies and how the ball reacts when it hits the turf, especially considering the fact that I had never hit those clubs before Thursday. So I really had no idea what the distances were. But I think overall, I I, I figured it out towards the end of the round um, with the help of of you, Andy, with your you know this is TrackMan 130, real life 145 oh, type thing. Yeah, yeah. I was that was going to be my first question. But can I ask it now? Like, yeah, go ahead. Did you miss a lot of greens long? Like was the, no was that an issue? Because I knew going into it yeah. that you guys oh, had a okay. So we okay. All right. Him. So you, that definitely played into part of your kind of pre-shot routine yes. or kind of factoring into like okay, well, like this is definitely. Yeah. Steve was laughing at our at our discussions because it was because like, <laughs> like a shot that goes, you know, a, a wedge. A, my, one of my clubs is like a maximum on track man is like a hundred yards. Yeah, but like off the fairway outside, it will go like. 115 yards mm -hmm. so yeah. then that's like that's so crazy what distance you playing at 100 track man you know and huh, gets yeah. you to the 115 <laughs> that's okay really but good. then out of the rough it goes even farther so but yeah. like we we're talking about it and i thought i only good. missed two greens long okay. i hit nine of 18 greens um which i was happy with um do you want me to go hole by hole i mean if you have any highlights that you want to uh you want to share um know, any notable stories Notable stories. I guess, well, like, thoughts of what was the feeling, like, first tee, like, got this wood club. Well, it wasn't, I mean, I had experienced a persimmon. I know it's not the same thing, but it's a similar mindset of, like, I'm using something very different from what I'm, I'm used to in yeah. the past. Yeah. So that was not as jarring as it may have been if I had never played persimmon before. So it, it, I actually hit a couple pretty good drives throughout the day. Um, first tee, whatever, a couple, you know bunts out there but then um most notably on hole six uh that par four dog leg left oh yeah with the fun tee box that's Love like that a peninsula um that may have been the best shot of the day or the best feeling of the day mm. it was like a wind off the left and i and i trusted that this club draws which with my persimmon it doesn't so it had gave me a little sense of i can aim down the right side and trust that i, I won't over overcook yeah, this back, one yeah and I smoked it dead center and then proceeded to chunk my wedge into the green and make five. But regardless, the tee shot felt there amazing. Shot like of the the feeling off the face is hard to explain unless you've hit a, or hit a, a hickory, hickory club. That was um, the same hole that Andy told me to unhitch the trailer with true. my hickories. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there nice. might be some magic, magic sauce on yeah. the six tee box. It's great. Spring yeah. Valley. It felt good. It yeah. felt really good. And then a couple iron shots that stand out. Um, what hole was that? Let's see. 14. Okay. Short par four. We were playing one tee up from where you guys played. I think it's like 6,300 oh, or 6,250. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hit the Louisville three iron. It was a oh, downwind, straight downwind. Yeah. I hit that 
like as well as I could hit it up to the front of the green, just short of the green and two putted for birdie. So that was the one. Is that the bourbon hole? Bourbon, yeah. yeah. Great, great uh, iron shot. And then 17, the par three. Um, I hit the. Oh, that was, that was my favorite shot that you hit. Yeah, the 40 degree, um, which I think it was 190, 192 flag, but Andy was like 175 track man. So that, <laughs> or 170 track man or something. So I hit that, uh, the 40 degree, and, and it just kind of held the wind nice. The wind was off the left and into us, held the wind nicely, and, and went to about eight feet. So that was a nice. cool shot. Um, but overall, like I said, I mean, the, the hardest thing to adjust to was the chipping. I think I had a few good sh- up and downs early, and then it kind of went yeah. downhill at the end just because there's no bounce on those wedges. So yeah, I'd second that. That's, a, yeah. that's the hardest new, adjustment. You need a new wedge for the U.S. Open. The yeah, US well, Open, or I just I need think, to practice so. a little bit with those. I think I've, they're pretty tough. The, the 50 degree is bent. The shaft is bent quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how much of an effect that has on me. No, they do that on purpose to make oh, more do bounce. They? Yeah, yeah, the guys oh. who rebuild, who like remake them. Yeah, they bent. Oh, the shaft is the bent? The shaft is bent. No, they don't do it on purpose. I was going to say. It's like, no, if you just look at it. That's a really old club. Okay. So... That wasn't in my head, but I was aware of it, and I was like, I got to just chip with this and get used to it. Um, But that was probably the hardest adjustment. The irons were pretty good all day. I mean, nine greens, I'll take it. And then the missed greens were a couple long and a couple just, you know, poor contact shots off of weird lot. That's the one thing, too, is like on 18, I hit a a good tee shot, and then I had like a ball below my feet downhill towards the flag lie to like a raised green. I tried to hit like a feel 50 degree and just stuffed yeah, it. I just didn't tough. really have a chance there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. I, I overall, my score wasn't, I mean, it was 75. So, like, if I played with my actual clubs, what do I shoot? Even? Maybe one under if I play well? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe just, yeah, who knows? I've definitely shot 74s there with my normal clubs. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. How much different is it really? Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Do you want to tell them about our match? Yes. So Andy and I were the only, were the pickery players. Rob and Steve were playing there. Our matches. We played two matches. We played two matches. Front we switched back. the teams. It was Andy and Rob versus Steve and myself on the front nine. Um, pretty good match until the last hole when Steve didn't know the score and thought the match was over, and <laughs> we lost two and one or two up, two down, whatever you want to think about us. <laughs> But he um, still would have had to make a birdie anyway. Right. To do no, that. for sure. Yeah, but he yeah. hit a gr- he hit one of his best drives all day there. Yeah. He had like 50 yards in. Yeah, and then he chunked it. But he wasn't even. And he told me he's like, "Yeah, the match is over." I'm like, "No, no, no, we're one down." So he, even if the match was, was, so why would he chunk? He chunked it on purpose. No, it, I think he's <laughs> his, what he was telling me is that at that time he thought the match was over. Yeah, so maybe so he, he maybe would have chunked it if he knew it too. But I'm just saying, oh. he does. He tends to chunk wedges a lot. So. <laughs> ricochet sounds shots, like Steve. an excuse yeah <laughs> uh shots regardless we lost the front nine yeah, yeah. the back nine i think you lost i mean you lost the front nine not not it wasn't because steve forgot no no no. i was just a little anecdote I from was, the round yeah okay funny funny yeah, anecdote. Yeah, yeah and then the back nine it was andy and myself versus rob and steve we went a quick two up through two a quick two uh, up then it was kind of back and forth a little steve got hot made three birdies in five holes or four holes or oh. something that's impressive it was impressive. He started to loosen up a little bit, which was fun to see. He was throwing some fist bumps in there. He would mouth or would would say un- under his breath like "Let's go." Oh yeah, like on thirteen. A couple times. 
13, he, got, he made that long putt yeah. off the green. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was excited, which was fun to see. Um, but we, we ended up winning the match. We kind of was a little, not anticlimactic, but we we won no, It was super climactic for me because you were carrying our team through those middle holes, and then Steve basically drove the ninth green, or the 18th green. Over. Over the green. 20 yards He over. was up there. And you and I are both in the fairway, and you hit first, and I you chunked, chunked it. it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. God, now it's yeah, I guess it wasn't all on me to make a par. But you made a nice and par, and we won the match. Yeah. So it was cool to win two hickory versus two non. Incredible. It's um, possible. Yeah. That's great. That was the ba- That was the last, that was my last, like, hurdle with hickory golf was playing with, I was first playing with some, like, good players using modern clubs, and seeing if one if i could still play because i have a fragile mental state at times um and i was you know was able to do that and yeah. then we were able to have success won both matches so it's incredible uh how was it for you andy playing from uh the tees or the a yardage that we have found is kind of the yardage that quote-unquote we should be playing from it was fine it was not th- i mean not that much different either. I don't know. Just one or two tee shots that's different. A little different. Yeah, but cool. not that. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like m- having multiple rounds with the clubs is yeah. helpful too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you start good. to get a feel for the yeah. yardages and the clubs you'd hit in certain scenarios that you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Any other questions for us? Did we cover uh, it? No, I didn't really know too much about the match, so yeah. that's that's awesome. And uh, you know, you and Rob taking down Steve and Pete, it's always a it's always a delight. No offense, Pete, but it's okay. None's you guys have a lot of history as a tough team to take mm-hmm. down. So to to do it, Rob yeah. and Andy, a lot of a lot of camaraderie there, former college teammates. So that's kind of cool. This is not an excuse. This is just a pure observation. Uh, we all walked except Steve. So for, <laughs> for the majority of the, until he started loosening up, the majority of the round, we didn't really see Steve. He was just okay. in his cart about 100 yards ahead of us at all times. <laughs> just chilling. So it felt like the three oh, of us were Steve, funny. but it, in reality that it was funny. Poor Steve. We'll have to get Steve on the pod, see how his back's doing. I, ask him to, <laughs> I, I stopped asking. I used to ask him to come on, but he just doesn't never seemed to want to so fair enough asking so we won't force him to right. come on he pl- i just on the last hole eight, hole 18 it, it's like team marcus has 360 yards dog leg right downwind he hits driver like over the corner and was over the green by 20 yards yeah on 18 incredible what are you serious yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god steve smokes the ball yeah I know he does, but he doesn't think he's he three sixty. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and on on what was the other hole? Hole five. He, I don't know. It's just. I guess we do need Steve on so we can talk about he the stories himself because he, he, he hits the good. ball. It's <laughs> like he's up last. You can tell he's trying to side of the club. He hits it because he hits these irons that just make this like really cool, unique sound. Yeah. With, like the way he compresses it. Yeah. And he hits it, and it's like as soon as it's off the face, he's like, "I think that's thirty yards over the green," and it, it was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but you can just tell it was like. So he hits some of these like amazing shots. Um, that's yeah, incredible. That, well, you yeah. said he had fifty in on nine. That's hammered too. Yeah. That's yeah. a little yeah. up yeah. the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 just a little pitch yeah. shot. 
Yeah, you to make sure he gets proper credit because he played. Yeah, yeah. Played, played played well. So oh, that's awesome. That's um, awesome. No, no further questions right. from the gallery. All right. Um, all right. On to our main topic of the day. What question? What is the surest way to ruin your game? Do you have any ideas? Uh, what's your definition by like ruin the game? Would ruin you say it's game? like it's bad results, bad enjoyment, like whatever, whatever However you want to interpret it? Um, yeah, I got a lot. I think number one would be having a lot of swing thoughts. Okay. I think having a lot of swing thoughts can really cloud your memory or of like what's actually important mm-hmm. to do. Um, I think swing thoughts are worse than having swing feels. So even okay. if you have a lot of swing feels, I think that's better than thinking about it. Okay. So that'd be, that'd be number one. If you want to unpack that more, we can. Um, number two. Sure way to ruin your, this is a hot take mm. playing with too many clubs. Oh wow. Okay. I would I would Not I would argue I'd argue that playing with more or playing with less clubs, like yeah. nine, could potentially spark your Do enjoyment. You mean okay. with playing with more clubs, like having a bunch of different like combinations of clubs? Like we always have fourteen, but you like have the interchange. No, clubs I would just a say lot. like fourteen. Like I just see so many of my adults come in that have all 14 clubs and we'll like play a couple holes on the simulator and there's the indecision is just jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you only had a six and an eight, it'd be a pretty obvious answer of what club you would hit. So I think that, that helps. Great. Great. Yeah. And I'm just putting you on the spot. So those are great. Um, Great answers. Pete, you have any, do you have it? I'm going to let Jansen cook here for a second and then let me think of one more Then I'm just trying to, there is an answer to this. It's it's hidden in the book Golf in the Kingdom. Oh, Maybe it's yeah. not hidden, but it's in there. Um, I, I'll keep it at those two for okay. right now. Let me kind of keep cooking. Okay. I would say to the point of equipment, just like consistently buying new clubs. Like mm. each year that a new driver comes out, getting that driver, thinking that it's going to yeah, improve like your that. game. I like and that. then getting disappointed every time when it doesn't. And mm. just waiting for the next drop to, to move on. Yeah. I think there's a lot more that you could add in there. Um, I would have liked a little heads up on this question. I thought I would, I'd maybe come up with a little bit better answer. That's fine. But why don't you tell us the real answer? I'm not going to reveal it. Oh, hang on. One more. One yeah. more. Watching Instagram golf videos. Oh, okay. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a and sure why? way That's to ruin your one. game. Yeah, great point. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, well, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about this, but... A lot of the information is great, but there's so much information out there, and and you don't know if it's right for you and your maybe your specific uh, like DNA, like as a golfer, Mm -hmm. like you know, does so and so need to be trying to get as much side bend as Dustin Johnson at Impact? Mm -hmm. Like, no, he's a freak athlete. I don't think we Mm -hmm. need to be trying to replicate some of the positions that some of these professional athletes are in. Mm -hmm. For sure, Um, I think it's cool to like study those things, but I don't think we need to try and be those people. So. Or, or these tips that are just, uh, like, some of my favorite golf uh, tip videos are the ones where someone will demonstrate a swing, and then they'll just look at the camera, and they'll put the big red X emoji on there, mm-hmm. and they'll look at the camera, and they'll just shake their finger oh. and be like, no, 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 don't do that. And then they'll do a swing with demonstrating, like, what they want you to do, and they'll then turn back at the camera with a big cheesy smile and be like, do this. Green check. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's not as easy or black and white as don't do this, do this. It's like, well, like, is that really helping anyone? Maybe it's drawing out. I don't know. Maybe it is, but 
I just think that it's, it's kind of corny. Yeah. Well, there's no one-size-fits-all correction. Exactly. So, exactly. And those videos are made to be one-size-fits-all. One-size-fits-all, They want people yeah. to watch them, and they want people to use it's them. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Well, I don't know if they want people to use them. They just want people to think that they're smart, that they're a smart person. Well, they, they do get, want views. Get likes. They definitely yeah. Yeah, views but, and likes. But you don't have to. But it's use. not like, like, do you think most, you know, there's a million of those videos. It's not like people are like, watching one and then like trying it out and then watching another one. They're just like scrolling through a hundred yeah. of them. Yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah. It's my opinion. Yeah. I'm no, not that, the one. I think I'm that's not, true. Maybe there are people who are trying. I don't think they're like, out. well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think sometimes people will try them out, but I think they'll try them out after they have like five of them picked out from a hundred that they've watched. Oh. I don't know. All right. So yeah, watching Instagram. Okay. All right. Thank sure you. way. All right. Before we get to our answer, I, we need a segue to um, I sometimes listen to this podcast called Plain English by Derek Thompson. And he talks about he talks about um, on this one, he talked about like sleep trackers and like whoop bands and Fitbits. Do you ever use those, Pete? I have an Apple Watch, but I don't have anything that tracks my sleep. Do you use it? What do you use it for? Do you use it for I do anything fitness-based or any health-related things? Um, yeah, I track basically like the distance of my runs. I track how many because I have like a goal set for those. So um, I don't obsess over some of the numbers in like the health app, for instance, but it's fun to look every, every once in a while. Like I'll look after the summer and see how many steps I took per day, and it's always like 18,000 in August, and it's like you know, 10 in December or mm-hmm. something. It's just interesting to see why you're more active in certain months than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually pretty obvious. So you, you, I could have guessed that before right. looking. But, yeah, I do, I do look. All right, cool. Yeah. Jansen, you got your whoop? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a loyal whoop wearer. And how do you use it? Um, I use it primarily to track my workouts and see what, how much strain I'm putting on my body. Mm -hmm. And then also, uh, to track my sleep to just, uh, see really all I care about is how long I'm sleeping for. I don't really go too much into the details, but I know if I can get me personally, if I can get more than six and a half hours of sleep, I'm going to feel pretty good. If I'm getting less than that, not great. So just kind of use it as a way to monitor my recovery. So, in this podcast, they talked about like sleep trackers, whoops, and they were saying some interesting things. And because they were like, he's always trying to talk about like what's the actual benefit of things, or what's the, it's plain like plain English. I'm trying to make these complicated things yeah. like digestible for mm-hmm. other people. But they were saying that um, they, they talked about the sleep trackers. And they said the people who are really into the sleep trackers, because there's some sleep trackers that like give you a Maybe like a score or something, right? Oh, Is yeah, yeah, true? Whoop does. Yeah. It it, it uh, breaks it into a percentage. 100% would okay. be like, you know, you're, uh, you know, 100%. So so they have like two percentages for, for Whoop at least. One would be what's your recovery, yeah. and then one would be like what was your sleep performance, mm. right? So okay. let's say, for example, my recovery, like today um, my recovery is an 81%, so I'm in the green. Mm-hmm. And then they break it into like red, yellow, green. It's like into thirds. Yeah. So I'm in the green because I'm at 81%. But my, my sleep performance was uh, like 97% because I slept for the duration of time that I needed to to get into the green. Hmm. If I would have slept like another hour, I probably would have gotten to 100. But whatever. Okay. So so they said that these, um, 
these metrics. Uh, there's pe- there's right. a lot of people, they study this stuff. There's people who buy them primarily, like some people who pr- pr- just want to like, get their sl- make their sleep better, right? And they want to get this, these scores so they can get better sleep and that'll make them have a better life. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. They found out that these people who, who bought them for that reason, they actually end up getting worse sleep because they get m- so much more anxiety over mm-hmm. getting their scores and it actually hurts their sleep which hurts the thing that they were trying to they were trying to help mm. in the first place. So that got me thinking a little bit. You know, what you're saying, you're like the Instagram videos with golf. It's just trying to help you. Just with something, trying to help. But it's actually like making it a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah. They talked about how the they did more studies with the whoop. Whoop is yours, right? Whoop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. That they gave them gave people false uh, recovery scores. Like better recovery <laughs> scores than you thought. Yeah. So again, you said you didn't say you used it primarily for this reason. So I, no. I feel like I'm okay. No, no, no. And yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts yeah. about it because I, it, it's very so true they, what it's you're like doing. It's like the placebo effect. They gave them yeah. fake. Yes. Fake and but then they studied their like reaction time, and their reaction time actually increased. So they're able wow. to perform better because of a fake, a fake score. So, but but I think that's probably only like maybe wouldn't have like necessarily a long-term, you know, impact, but just the fact that yeah. they thought that they, they did it, it helped them in the wow. short term. So I yeah. thought that was, uh, I think it all I'll comes be. down to just like belief in yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. know you slept bad, yeah. but you put it in your mind that you're like, hey, I believe that I can get through today and be fine and yeah. perform the same way. Like you're going to be fine. You're going right. to do it. Right. Yeah. And if you tell yourself like, Oh, I kind of feel a little tired. Like, even though maybe you slept great, yeah. Like you can use that as an excuse and a crutch all day long as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you have like this, you know, quote unquote scientific thing telling you how to basically feel, mm-hmm. of course you're going to use it as a cop mm-hmm. out yeah. to act a certain way. And I would, I would say that I was actually a little bit guilty of that at first of just being like seeing my score and then being like, Oh, let me reflect on how I feel. Oh yeah. You know what? I do feel a little more sore. I'm a little tired because I'm in, you know, the low yellow Mm. range or whatever. But like the longer I've worn it for three, almost four years now. And so I've definitely had days where I've had a very, very high recovery and slept great. And I felt like absolute dog crap. Mm. And then I've also had days where I'm in the red and I feel great. So like that was Mm. enough, you know, proof in the pudding for me to be like okay this doesn't matter like this is great information but what are you going to do with it like i'm just it's kind of one ear out the other for me and and it just holds myself a little bit more accountable of like creating good habits but i'm not habitually using it as Mm -hmm. a crutch Hmm. so i think that would be that and that's been my advice to people that have asked me about oh should i get one i'm like yes but like what are your intentions with it Hmm. yeah so Because that article, the, the, it's fascinating, and it's I think it's a hundred percent true that you can you can use that information however you want to act however you want. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of my favorite podcast we ever did, Hot Cup, Cold Cup, Cold yeah. Cup. Mm, um, yeah. That and if you give someone a hot cup, they're more likely to be a warm, kind person than <laughs> if they're just holding something cold. Here so. I am, still drinking cold brew yep. all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but so like just like that you're in these outside factors can influence things mm-hmm. you know in good or bad ways um so that gets back to our our question of what's the surest way to ruin your game and this comes from from golf in the kingdom it's um the the subheading of this chapter is against our ever getting better and he, he says um 
he says, "You'll ne- this is Shiva's irons. You'll never improve yourself, my boy. He roared with a glass held high. How could golf ever make you a better person? Just look at all the ones you know. But that's all you've been talking about, I protested. Our getting better. He says, ah, oh, never. Look at Evan there. He pointed toward the drunken figure across the room playing an invisible violin. Do you call that self-improvement now? To enjoy yourself, that's the thing, he said. And beware of the quicksands of perfection. Then he raised his glass with whiskey up and shouted, I say, fuck our ever getting better. (laughs) (laughs) I bring this up because the application of these many exercises in personal growth can lead to a piety and fanaticism he never intended. As he often said, trying too hard is the surest way to ruin your game. Mm. Wow. So there's a lot there, but... I thought it was, I think the way this all connects is that all our like tendency is always to like find the, like the life hack or the golf hack or like the one thing that's going to save us or make everything a whole lot better. And it's really good that actually like that trying for those things is what makes it, what could ruin it for you. Do you have any um, opinions or thoughts? Uh, soak soaking that in a little bit, but I think uh, it's absolutely true that uh, I have a I have an adult student who uh, she's a beginner to the game, and she's so funny with um with some of the things she'll kind of focus on. She's gotten really she's, I've been working with her a couple of years now. She's definitely gotten better, um, but she doesn't really give herself too much credit. And she hits the ball the best when she says, I, "I'm trying not to try," or mm-hmm. she, and when she says that she holds her breath, she hits it the best. And so. <laughs> Uh, when she hits it good, I'm like, hey, are you, you holding your breath there? <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of an inside joke between yeah. us. Uh, but she's like, yeah, I just got to try not to try. You know, and we're kind of like talking about her technique. She goes, oh, yeah, you're so right. You know what? That just comes back to I just got to try not to try. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, because I think when you try too hard, uh, you start wanting it too bad. And, and that can kind of hold you back or maybe build some tension within yourself that. That, yeah. Yeah, that you don't necessarily need. So I think there's a lot of truth to Tension that. or anxiety, like we just yeah, talked both, about. Yeah, both, right. Like, like when you try too hard, you care too much, and when you care too much, you probably get anxious about it, and when you get anxious about it, it it's not always going to work out the way you want. Um, we, we've talked about that quote before on the podcast, right? Probably. I think we read that whole thing at one point. It was a while ago, maybe a couple years ago, but that's the key. Don't try. Yeah, so how do you guys, <laughs> how would you find that balance? And let's say, let's, because I've done this in the past with, with like swing thoughts or sw- swing thoughts are an easy one to fall down this trap of like, oh, with the right swing thought, then I will, pl- you know, that's like the key to my success, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, we just got to so, be more focused on it. I got to think about yeah. it harder. So then, from <laughs> so let's just say it's something like swing, like swing smooth, which is maybe a good swing thought to have because it's not that you know, there's not that many words to it. But then it's like, oh, you're you're constantly having to like remember your swing thought, remember to say like to swing smooth, and then like if you didn't swing smooth, it's like, well, did you forget about your swing thought? Or and then you just like start like thinking, what now? Like you're spending so much energy trying to remember this thing and then you start to wonder if it's not the right thing to be thinking and then you're doing all of that and it doesn't necessarily help Mm -hmm. so how would you how would you balance how would you balance those things that are helpful 
but then also be like, don't, don't take it too far. Well, I like what we do in our practice with, uh, with our M360 kids and, and having them to work through those different boxes from Vision 54 with, you know, think box, play box, and memory box. And I think a lot of the, the play box stuff is what are you doing during the shot? And a lot of the, the activities we have them do are like sensing. And so we'll have them do something, you know, physical where they're really focused on something physical or have them hit shots on one foot or just doing like different mm -hmm. types of motions and swings to almost distract them away from the fact of, they're making a golf swing they're more focused on wow i'm like on one leg right now trying to brush the ground right or i'm trying to hit a shot right now with my eyes closed and so i think spicing your practice up that way or working on your golf game um in that fashion can be actually pretty pretty productive uh versus trying to just grind 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 all yeah. the time but what do you think about when we do that stuff with um like on the course, like when they're playing, I'm like, okay, we're trying to focus on your, you know, your play box focus. And then you can clearly tell some of them just have forgotten about it. Yeah. But then you want to tell, you want to remind them, but then it's like, now you're giving like information overload and now they're spending, they're like, like someone asked me in practice, like after the first hole, they're like, they're like, are we supposed to be like rating our shots again? And I'm like, you could like missed, you know, missed the instruction on the first tee, but like, they're clearly like worried about, you know, doing this. And then they're so focused on like trying to remember the, their process that they can't even like stay present in their process. So like the thing that was designed to, you know, keep Help them calm and present is actually them. like yeah. making them not calm and, and not present because yeah. it's like gone too far to the level. And so maybe there's not like a great answer of like how to find the balance to it. Uh, or maybe yeah. there's not one and answer, but it's just an interesting thing to, to consider. Cause like any, there's yeah. always like, in golf especially there's always things like promising to be the key to your success and mm -hmm. i think there's ways to maybe to use them to maybe help inform you but also not to make it the only thing that you're because sometimes it's like i feel like some of the what we were just talking about like the vision 54 stuff it's really really good and i think we've seen it be really effective but sometimes it can be hard to draw that parallel back to just playing right or just going out and playing in a tournament or you know, how is this helping me? You know, sometimes yeah. you'll get that pushback a little bit, which is a fair, it's a fair critique. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I mean, <laughs> I think sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I think it's just good to do something different, you know? And the, I think what Peter Donahue always says is, well, how's that working for you, right? You've been doing this mm -hmm. and you're clearly still <laughs> frustrated or not happy with the results. So why not just give something completely random a different try to just, I don't know, take a break? Yeah. Got any thoughts on balance, Pete? Yeah. Um, well, no, not not yet. Mm. But I'm just trying to think about how this applies to other parts of our lives, like overthinking or overtrying. Um, I don't know. I mean, like when I was starting to, a couple years ago when I was starting to run more, I hated running a lot. and. I was focused too much on like my form and stay and I don't, this isn't a great parallel, but now I actually enjoy it because I'm not really thinking about it throughout. And I think when you're running without headphones, for instance, and you hear yourself breathing, you start to change your breathing patterns and you get tired sooner. So using headphones to listen to music or a podcast or something where you can't actually hear that, it, it's a lot harder to get in that same 
same space as before when you're overthinking about your breathing or something. That's my best parallel I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I think there's plenty of instances of like you feel like you need something in order to bring some level of enjoyment or fulfillment and like mm-hmm. it's you can spend so much time focused on that that then it doesn't actually bring you what you were hoping to yeah. i think it's just that like anytime something in golf or anything else anytime it anytime something promises to be like the secret to, to success i you're like antenna you're like bullshit antenna should go up <laughs> yeah. like just a little bit right yeah yeah um and then, but, and then maybe that's what, it, what it's about. It's about like living in like the in-between of this thing that's supposed to be like the best thing ever, but then also like you want to still change some things and still like try to grow and learn and develop mm-hmm. um, yourself. Yeah, because you need information to improve at something. Yeah. But if you, if it's information overload or if you look at it like it's the, the key or the shortcut, yeah. that's where you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a lesson over the weekend, and I we were working on club face, and and he had a little bit of a two way miss going, mm-hmm. and and he was just it was pretty apparent that he was too worried about trying to control the club face, and that was leading to his inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, let's just let's completely forget about the club face right now, and let's focus on something else. And I don't know what I can't even remember what what we did, but he just started hitting shots. Just oh, he's a really good player. It's just over and over and over again, just like hitting it great. Mm-hmm. And I think you know one of our takeaways from the lesson was like, hey, like you actually gained more face con- club face control without thinking about the club face. Like how weird is that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and I'm seeing more and more of that mm-hmm. with people, right? Yeah. So I think is, yeah, is that like, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're hinting at a little bit well, here, what we're so. talking about, and he's like. And my one my, my one lady says, "Try not to try. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. trying to control the face yeah. here, and it's not helping." Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but so it's like the technology though has. I guess it's back to it's similar to the whoop thing. Like the technology has measured something that wasn't able to be measured before. Yeah, and and now you so want control. Over now it. you want yeah. like so much control over it, over and that so it's like maybe if you actually didn't, maybe you don't need that level of uh that level of information maybe you know or at least 95 percent yeah, of people not don't all the need time, that level right? of information mm-hmm. yeah. but then like and this is our own fa- you know my own fault of like but we try to like give them the information and think like oh this is here are the keys to a good golf swing it's good club path and good club face which are important but sometimes i think it get those get so like f- finer detail it's like looking too specific at something mm-hmm. um, yeah and it's almost like, yeah, it's a version of, of trying too hard to control too much, maybe. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right, guys, I think we should end there. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, um, good topic, Andy. That was good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life.